Hello and welcome to another My Tunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation's station, Manx Radio. We are staying with drama, music and all that on this week's My Tunes. I'm absolutely delighted because she's been mentioned a few times in the past couple of weeks that Grania Jockin is with me here in the studio. Welcome to My Tunes, Grania. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's lovely to have you here. There's so much to talk about recently, of course, in Once, but we're going to start with you as a little girl and and getting on to the fiddle. When did you start playing the fiddle? Oh, I think I was nine, eight or nine. Um, and dad kind of said, you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to play? And I didn't know. So I think we had a fiddle at the house. So the best place to start. Um, of course, I was brought up with lots of Manx music, lots of fiddle players about. So it seemed like a good choice. Now, I wasn't sure when we first, well, I first had you in my sights to do this, whether or not you had Irish heritage, uh, because uh, Grania is... is an Irish name as well as Manx. That's right. So, but very Manx. There's the crossover, isn't there, with the Gaelic? So um, you could have a, a Manx version, a Scottish version, an Irish version. It is most popular in Ireland. There's not many Grania's on the Isle of Man, although I think I think I know three. I think there's three of us. Um, but yeah, there's there's two different spellings, but mine's the Irish spelling as well. I love the way you said it wasn't a question of if you were going to play and sing. It was a question of what you were going to play in your house. Uh, We should explain that Dad is Greg Jarkin. Indeed. Yeah, so there was no getting away from the music. Uh, We were really lucky as kids. We we were brought up um, surrounded by music, um, you know, which which is lovely. We were kind of submerged in culture particularly traditional you know traditional music manx music um and we we traveled around a lot as kids you know we were taken to festivals ireland cornwall Brittany. um very lucky and that was started early for you your your traveling experience with the celtic culture oh really early i think there's photos of me on stage in lorian when i'm three perhaps so <laughs> before i could walk <laughs> where did you go to school here st john's primary yeah actually where my kids go now which is the Bank School, the Bun School Gilga, yeah. which is great. Um, and then on to QB2, Peel right. Girl through and through. And then came a trip away uh, to uni, De Montfort. De Montfort Uni, yeah. Um, I took two years out and worked in media for two years. And then off I went to Bedford to study performing arts. And how was it? It's not that it went badly. It's just that other things got in the way which were much more shiny and attractive. <laughs> oh, I need to know about those. What were those things? Oh, love. Um, I met Jamie, my now husband, um, you know, whilst we were at uni and Jamie working as a musician, um, also trying to do uni as well. And I think we both got to a point where we were like, yeah, this isn't for us, is it? So we went off, um, as you do, in, in the young, uh, lively way that you think and we went on tour we did lots of things together you know with Jamie's band touring around so uni was great I loved uni it just it it wasn't the right time for me so I moved up sticks and moved to Wales and didn't come back for a little while and Jamie's band Mabon Mabon that's right yeah so Mabon had been going well have been going 20 years so a bit of a legacy quite right we'll talk about high drama and the movies tomorrow 
of ease because that was something that came straight off the back of your time at uni. Let's have a first track though from you. What's it going to be? This, actually, speaking of movies, is from Moulin Rouge. It's not a favourite movie, but there's some really beautiful music in it. And this one um, was quite poignant for me because it's the first time I'd ever noticed Rufus Wainwright, um, who since then has I've been on a journey with. I, I love him. I think he's fantastic. This is from the Moulin Rouge, though. This was the first one I ever heard from him. Complain de la Butte. Um, he speaks French and and uh, also English in this track, and I think it's just so beautiful. La lune trop blême pose un diadème sur tes cheveux La lune trop rousse de gloire éclabousse ton jupon plein trouve. La lune trop pâle caresse l'opale de tes yeux blasés. Princesse de la rue, sois la bienvenue dans mon cœur brisé. The stairways up to La Butte can make the wretched sigh While windmill wings of the moulin shelter you and I Ma petite mendigote, je sens ta menotte qui cherche ma main Je sens ta poitrine et ta taille fine J'oublie mon chagrin Je sens sous tes lèvres une odeur de fièvre de gosse mal nourri Et sous ta caresse je sens une ivresse The stairways up to La Butte can make the wretched sigh While windmill winds of the moulin shelter you and I Et voilà qu'elle trotte La lune qui flotte, la princesse aussi. Today on My Tunes with my guest, Grani Jarkin, we're going to go to the movies. Well, we're going to go to one movie in particular, which was a tremendous thing, Risen. It was a special time of my life, yeah. We took about, I think, three or four years to, to film it. Um, 
you know, I was I was living in Wales, wanting, hoping, trying with all my heart to be an actor. And this came up. Um, I met this this great guy, Stuart Brennan, um, went to audition with him in London and got the part of the the wife. Uh, the, the story is Howard Winston, world champion boxer, and his story from living in Merthyr Tidville, which I don't know if anybody knows is like the valleys in Wales. And it was a great story and a great part as well. Um, and I went on a journey definitely with that cast and crew because we took such a long time to film it. I ended up actually living with Stuart. We, we ended up all sharing a house together. So big part of my life, very special part of my life, yeah. And you said it took quite a while to, put, to get it all together. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. It was um, low-budget, um, independent film. You know, you kind of, it's cash flow, it's this, it's that, it's people's time. And, you know, I think over the course of filming uh, Risen, I actually got married and had kids. <laughs> so, wow. you know, all over the space of that time. But it, oh, it was great fun, really uh, great fun. And you did other movies and telly as well? I did, yeah. Bits and bobs, um, theatre. TV, film, um, just you know what it's like trying to work as an actor. Mm. You kind of take what you get. It's not it's not particularly glamorous, but certainly enjoyable. And you know, uh, recently I've been reignited with that passion, definitely for acting. Uh, I was reminded recently why I love it so much. Through once. Through once. Yeah. Yeah. Because you hadn't done a lot at the Gaiety before that, had you? No, no. I think I did two shows at the Gaiety, and that was in my late teens um, yeah. as a dancer. Um, didn't really do much other than that. And then I kind of moved away. So coming back and being given this opportunity to play a lead role at the Gaiety was really a dream come true. We're going to talk about that a little later on in the week. I want to go back to Wales, though, because, as you say, you did the one year at uni. And obviously uh, you hadn't finished the course, so to speak, but it didn't stop you moving forward in the acting. No, I think I was a bit probably quite big headed at the time. <laughs> My ego took over. I thought, I don't, I don't need uni. I'll just go and do it anyway, which I did. It was a great experience. I wish I'd learnt Welsh, actually. I lived in Wales for 11 years. Started to learn Welsh, didn't learn Welsh, and I think actually if I had it done, perhaps the acting might have taken off a little bit more. But uh, it's a it's a big old pond. Yeah, it is, and maybe with that additional Welsh language with uh, on you, uh, it would have given you access to more parts. Well, Wales is so lucky because it has the language, and oh. it's very special. And you know, you know, I'm quite involved in Manx language and culture, um, so I really, really respect and, and know how special it is to have your own language. And so, yeah, there is a great, strong scene in Wales uh, with the language, and particularly in television and films. Uh, quite a lot of my friends work in it, in the industry over there. Um, so, yeah probably should have done that although i'm not the best at languages so maybe well, not <laughs> i mean in certain parts of wales it's predominant and then in other parts it doesn't seem to feature at all it's quite strange i mean certainly north wales when i'm visiting friends and people up there you hear it everywhere yeah i mean a lot of my friends speak welsh it's first language which is quite normal you know and i think it's fabulous i know some people think it's a bit like oh, they get a bit weirded out by it perhaps you know they go to a a shop and they're and they're speaking Welsh but I just think it's so special yeah. you know as is with any language I mean language is just kind of spans hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years how can that not be a special thing I mean do you think we could aspire to that level of um, native language 
here on the Isle of Man or is it going to be a big push? I mean, absolutely. Oh, it's always going to be a push. Um, you're always going to get a, a split of opinion there, aren't you? And I'm not here to preach to anybody about whether the Manx language is valid or not. You know how I feel. I, I think it's such a special thing. Hence why my kids speak Manx, you know, and I've been brought up uh, with the Manx language. Something that unique, something that spans um, your history, your roots, your culture. Yeah, I do. I think it's a, a really important thing. And I think, you know, we're quite lucky now um, that we have the Manx School and the people who are investing in that. I think that's a great thing. Let's take today's track and where are we going? Okay, so the next track um, I'm going to choose is by Kareem Polwart. She is a solo female artist from Scotland, and she is my favourite lyricist. Um, she just writes the most beautiful, poignant lyrics. She's a strong woman. She's She speaks and sings about what uh, is important to her, you know, um, and that's Kareem Polwart, and the song I've chosen is Rivers Run. This weary earth we walk upon She will endure when we are gone While kingdoms come and kingdoms go Rivers run and rivers flow You know I don't believe it's true That in this world there's nothing new For darling you have just begun Rivers flow and rivers run And if the should ever run dry Somewhere the rain will still fall Will still fall from the sky When I'm beguiled by the fear The darker days are drawing near My darling you seduce the sun Rivers flow and rivers run
Sometimes you might go for a part in a play or a film or something and you're equipped. You know what you're doing, you're an actor or you've got this up your sleeve. It's not very often you go for the lead part in a musical uh, that requires piano playing and you don't know how to play the piano. But that's what Grania did. How on earth did you master playing the piano to such a beautiful level when, honestly, you'd obviously you'd played a little bit or tinkled it, but you hadn't really got any of the piano playing under your belt before you took on that role in once? Uh, well, with lots of help and support <laughs> and love and people telling me, no, no, it's OK, it's OK. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a challenge. Um, but one that I was fully willing to embrace, you know, something like that. I think you've just got to grab it by the horns, have and believe, believe in yourself, I think, is the main thing. But I couldn't have done it without, uh, like, a couple of people. All the Davids, you know, David Holland, um, he gave me lessons right at the beginning. Dave Kilgallen, then he kind of held my hand throughout. Dave Dawson, who was obviously the director of Once, and also Steve Dakin. Um, he was really, really encouraging and supportive. And on the days where I sat down to the piano at rehearsals and then was like, nope, I don't know how to play this anymore. And they were like, oh, you know, it's in, it's in A minor. And I'm like... I don't know what A minor looks like on a keyboard. Oh. So there was a lot of, um, there was frustration, I guess, at the beginning and worry. But, you know, with those people around me, it was, it could have been terrifying, but it wasn't. And the question I want to know is, are you going to now carry on playing and uh, learn other things? Well, I mean, you know the story of Once, right? And he gets her the piano at the end. Yeah. Well, there was this beautiful moment after one of the shows and Dave Holland came up to me and I had been learning on a piano, a keyboard that he lent me. And he came up and he said, I want you to keep the keyboard. I want to give it to you as a gift. Um, and I want you to carry on playing, which was just the most lovely gesture. And of course, yeah, I do. I want to carry on playing. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so in some way or another, yes, definitely carry on with the piano. Well, what an amazing thing to do. For, I mean, just incredible. If you didn't see her, she's playing the piano on stage, acting at the same time and hadn't played the piano before. Jaw dropping. Hats off to you. Thank you so much. Thank that. you. <laughs> in terms of the, the fiddle, the violin, I mean, you, you're very accomplished on that and uh, you play everywhere. Well, I mean, it's more of a hobby, but and I mainly uh, play, you know, trad music. And of course, we've got like quite a good, strong trad scene over here. So, I mean, I pick it up when I can. It's hard now because my son is a much better fiddle player than me. <laughs> He's only 13. He can definitely give me a run for my money. But it was nice actually going from playing the piano and then, you know, when I pick my fiddle up, I go, oh, my God, it's really nice to feel like I know how to play an instrument. <laughs> it's not terrifying. But certainly once has kind of um, sparked again my love of kind of playing not just piano now, but the fiddle as well. Let's have today's musical choice. Where are we going? So we're going uh, Texas, actually. So this, she is one of my most favourite female solo artists, Sarah Jarosh. I actually was lucky enough to see her in Cardiff, actually, with her trio. And uh, it was really hard to choose a song because all of her songs are beautiful. Um, but I chose this one. Uh, it's called Runaway. Follow me. 
shed ocean Ride the way you will Lead us down a road Where no one goes We can run away Come take my hand While I'm waiting here Get away from it all And find what's real If we don't get out now The chance won't reappear We can run away When I get a guest who does a lot, and by a lot I mean acts and sings and dances and plays various instruments, I often want to know where they feel happiest or where they would like to actually push themselves further. And that's where we are with Grania Jockin today on MyTunes. Grania, you do cover a lot of areas, musically, drama, and uh, in dance as well. So, first of all, where are you happiest? Oh, thank you. Um, well, I think with once it really did reignite a spark in me, which I mean, I wouldn't say I'd forgotten about. I just hadn't explored it for a while. Um, and going, you know, I've said this before, two days before the audition, I honestly didn't know if I was going to go for it because it's a massive commitment, right? You know, doing a show. I didn't know much about once. Um, I didn't think or feel confident enough going for a lead role. I just wasn't sure. And there was just something inside of me that went, go on, go on, 
do it. And you know what? I'm so glad that I listened to that little tiny percent of, the, you know, that little voice. And I think that's, a, you know, a big thing to take from that this whole journey is what if I'd said no you know I wouldn't have experienced everything that I have done over the last six months and it's been amazing the people I've met you know being on the gaiety stage and and really kind of pushing myself in lots of areas that I'm perhaps you know not that confident in it in you know I might seem it but (laughs) so I think from here on it's a bit addictive isn't it Mm. it's a little bit addictive so I think if the right show and the right part came along again I probably would. I don't yeah. know if my husband would agree. But <laughs> yeah, he probably didn't yeah. see much of you, certainly in the latter, <laughs> latter stages of the show. Uh, what about dancing? Oh, I love dancing. Yeah. You know, I think in some way or another, I dance every day. Um, it makes me so happy. Obviously, uh, I have my own Manx dance team, which I would say is probably one of my proudest achievements to date, Scavenger's Manx dance team in Peel that I started when I moved over. And we're like 50 strong uh, with kids who range from two to adults who range up to 62. And, you know, the vision always was that I wanted kids to dance with adults and, and families to dance together because I just dance just makes me so happy. <laughs> you know, uh, I just have such a ma- massive connection with it in so many ways. And it's good for you. It's so good for you and you know sometimes you don't fancy it you know sometimes on a Sunday when I go and teach and I'm hungover <laughs> or whatever and I go to, to to the class and I just think oh god yeah no I remember why I love this now. <laughs> Was there a time certainly when you were in Wales and we talked about the movie Arisen earlier in the week and things were happening you've been touring as well with with the, the man who became your husband mm. in Mabon and everything like that. Was there a time when you thought actually this is going to become totally full-time I'm gonna risk everything possibly yeah yeah I think so I mean I think I was so I I just love it I can't I can't I can't explain it any more than that really I would just always hope that that would be the case and when you feel like that I think yeah you'll you'll just have it in your life for as long as you hope for yeah because it is you mentioned the word addictive in small ways when I've been doing things in the gaiety I don't know what it is. It, the whole place is magical. It's just the most magical place, isn't it? Yeah. Like you go in there, and we lots of us always say it, the smell. Yeah. You you go in and that smell, and um, and it, it filled my heart with joy. Actually, my daughter recently played Annie in Annie with Centre Stage Productions, and now when she goes in, Loana, um, she goes, "Oh, mum." the smell and I was like yeah right (laughs) she gets it and you always hope that your children will love what you love and that's always your first part of call you know you want them to love it but you can't obviously force them and she does love it and uh, that that makes me so happy well let's stay with family and before I let you go let's talk about dad let's talk about let's talk about your dad (laughs) who is Greg Jockin yeah good old dad I mean I wanted to choose um, a Manx track you know by a manx artist because obviously it it means a lot to me dad obviously has been in the mullock band and doing various things with manx music his whole life i chose this track actually because 
I work in Castletown now. I haven't ever really spent much time down there. You haven't south. even mentioned what you're no, doing now. No, well, no, no, it's fine. So what are you doing I, in Castletown? I, I work with Island Escapes. Ah. Um, so John Kagan runs yeah. Island Escapes. So yeah. we, we run, uh, we're in the holiday industry, which is which is lovely. And obviously we're based in Castletown. And we have this great favourite spot where I go and sit and have my lunch sometimes. The most beautiful view, but it does, it looks out over Langness. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dad wrote a song um, called Langness, and um, that's what I've chosen for this particular track. I think, for me, uh, Manx music is so important. Uh, when I was living in Wales, particularly, you know, you could s- stick on something like that and be immediately swept back home, which was always a nice feeling. Did you ever get over to Anglesey and look across and see the Isle of Man? I did, yeah. You could see it on a I clear know. day. Yeah. That's kind of hard, <laughs> actually. It's yeah. kind of... You know, it's strange that, isn't it? It's so close yet so far. It's always far. odd looking back across at it. Yeah, you know, the Isle of Man, there's something about it. Um, I'm obviously very proud to be Manx, but there's something about the Isle of Man, I think, something very special that kind of draws you back. I think I always knew that I would come back and raise my family here. It's just a very special place. Even when those Hollywood lights were starting to flash in the back of your mind? Yeah, I'd say so. They were. Yeah. <laughs> Grania, thank you so much for coming on to my channel. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Grass up the leaves in the long green grass on Langness Where their fathers, they have taken the time to choose And only down in the long green grass on Langness Does mother say it's the only place that we can use
Jockin, Lagnes, the choice of my MyTunes guest this week, Grania Jockin. Grania, thank you for a wonderful week on MyTunes. I'm Mark Tiley. Do keep popping back here to manxradio.com for more podcasts in all shapes and sizes. And join me if you can, Monday to Friday, 9.30 to 12, for the Shaw Morning Show, right here at Manx Radio.